<laughs> okay, what are we talking about today? We have an entrepreneur in the house today. A food entrepreneur. A food entrepreneur. And we're going to be talking about eight catering. Do you ever wonder where your food comes from? That's what got us started on this adventure. In each episode, we ask experts to weigh in on the food topics that matter to you, from growers to producers to chefs. And I challenge John, Darren, and you to learn more about your food and the stories behind it. From our hub on Vancouver Island in the beautiful Comox Valley, join us as we explore our edible valley. And a very good day to you. This is the Edible Valley Podcast. My name is William. I'm the producer. And I am Chef Jonathan Fraser. And today we have a special guest today. I'm Darren Howlett. <laughs> guest. Guest. <laughs> guest. Oh, oh. New, a new one every single time. Yeah. Darren, it's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, I, thanks for the long trip. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah thanks. I, uh, I sort of proposed this one doing this episode because uh you know we've done this now what eight years seven years eight years i was like maybe it's time to actually talk about one of the things i do outside of this well I, we've, podcast we've atmosphere. talked about it yeah but we've never actually devoted into a it. whole episode about it right mm. and why not yeah you know selfish self-promotion right <laughs> yeah. so darren is a fellow co-host if you are listening <laughs> for the first time welcome uh, but today we we thought we'd actually gain some information from within the ranks yeah yeah so uh, i mean we have john's right we have talked about it or alluded to it in the past where i um yeah i have a small catering business and i say small because i would like to keep it small i don't want it to grow too big um i like it it's manageable and and i really find a lot of satisfaction in it but yeah, I we're it's sort of going through a growing phase that I didn't see. Well, and... you're set to one <laughs> demographic for your yeah yeah your your catering towards kids kids. I've always been sorry. I'm gonna remove my sweater here. Oh, excuse me. What are you? Uh... Oh. <laughs> um, sorry. Um, so I mean, let's start from let's start from the top because I'm actually already really interested. Sure. I've known you for a long time, and yeah. I know precious little about this business. Yeah. So um, let's start with the name Eight Catering. It's yeah. kind of a cool name. How do you get there? Uh, well, um, okay. So you guys used to make fun of me that every time I would open my mouth, I was talking about the bar I used to own. That used to be called Seven, and so when I did this catering business, which was actually almost the business I did right after the bar. I called it eight. But, I mean, it's spelt eight as in the past tense of eating, you know. A-T-E. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's not It's not one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. It's, it's A-T-E. Eight. Yeah. yeah. But then what's your next business? <laughs> uh, I've already just applied for something that starts with nine. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, for the next one. But uh, as far as how this got going... Um, well, like I said, after the bar, I uh, wanted to get back into food because that was sort of my roots. And uh, you'll remember I had a food truck and I did sushi at all the festivals. And at the time I was... was That was called Six? No. No. It was, it was Kamabento. <laughs> but uh, I used to... Um, I used to date somebody who had a bit of an entrepreneurial spirit as well. And she suggested... Because I was sitting there doing all these festivals during the summer and then in the off season it just sat there and 
I was like, oh, I wish I could do something or find another way to to use this resource and equipment that I have throughout the year. And then she said, yeah, we've got to, you just have to find something that doesn't operate in the summers. It would give you your summers free. And then, yeah, the, then, and then that, that was just like, oh, what if you did something that worked with the schools, the, the school system, the local schools? Yeah. So I put together a menu and gave it a go. And it's been nine years. And it's been relatively mobile. I, it hasn't really had firm footing. It's sort of bounces around to whatever available kitchen there is. Um, but yeah, so this year the big move is towards, um, yeah, the big year, or this year the big move is towards doing something, finally having a, a stable, permanent kitchen of my own. Okay. So, yeah. So, right. well, how does this, uh, what needs does this uh, catering fulfill for you? For me? Um, and for the community. Yeah, for the community. Um, what? That was my question. <laughs> you oh. absolute bastard. <laughs> I've got one question right now. You... Okay, well, yeah, okay, so... Well, you're pointing at me, I'm like, I want to take that question. <laughs> the uh, the one thing, I, I'm, I, I don't know how more how in-depth to go. Um, I was brought up in a house where food was super important, nutrition was super important, health was super important. We had, we had very little of anything else, but we always had good food. And I guess I just came up with that philosophy. I started, I, I saw that my kids were going to school and what was being offered in their hot lunch program. And I was frankly quite appalled. Right. I was like, I'm not paying for my kids to eat this. Forget it. So what are we talking about? What do you mean? I'm not, I'm not going to yeah. name names of the food side. Yeah. Turkey like Twizzlers. Pizzas and sure. French fries. and Yeah, exactly. And... Stuff like that where I was just, I wasn't really happy. And I knew that stuff was being made in, you know, mass produced without a lot of nutritional value. And so I was like, I can do better than this, you know? And, and right off the bat, I was doing better than that. And that's now where I've, I've you know, sort of rest my everything on that is that this is far better. It's locally sourced wherever possible. It's going to be far better than anything you're going to get from any of the big chains and at a comparable price. So, wow. yeah. And so uh, this year I went even one step further and actually I ran into somebody at one of the schools yesterday that I knew and she asked, uh, Oh, okay. So like what's, what makes this unique or different or, or what have you? And I said, well, for one, I've, on the website, I've listed every single ingredient I use, and I won't use anything that the kids can't pronounce or identify. So that I thought that I can go that one step further this year, where I can reevaluate my menu so that they understand wow. every so everybody plainly understands what's going in. There's no preservatives and what have you. But yeah, so it's it's kind of still changing. You're still kind of yeah. I kind I refine it a little bit every year. I I look at what works and what doesn't work. I take feedback from the previous year and uh, apply it to what's going forward okay so i'm curious how you made it comparable on price because obviously the the districts would have gone with previous suppliers right probably due to price that's often the case yeah. how did you manage to do that i just accepted the fact i wasn't going to make the same price point that you would make in a restaurant okay yeah i mean with i had very little overhead i don't have a lot of staff so uh i'm able to trade off making less of a profit for that i just do more of the work myself that's great yeah i think actually that's a really good general marketing business thing where you can just say 
we just make less profit. It's yeah. as simple as that. We don't yeah. have BMWs. Yeah. We have Nissans. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's great. And it's honest. And, well, and you yeah. know straight away yeah. where, you know, there, there's no secret cut in quality or the suppliers. Right. And no one along the process is being mistreated. It's just you're making less money. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And my thing on that, when, you know, when I, I think I actually disclosed to a few of these organizers, because they had the same question, how are you, you know, how are you charging this? And I just look at it as it's it's easy to make pennies on per portion when I'm doing 200 portion portions. It makes it worthwhile, right? Mm. If it was only 20 or 30, right. yeah, it wouldn't be worthwhile. It'd be more of a charity, right? Exactly. Yeah, which I'm not even opposed to. I mean, I've come to really see how helpful this is to kids, and I get feedback you know, from some of these organizers and parents mm. saying that, you know, just that, that it's beneficial and helpful. And so that makes me feel charitable. And sometimes there are certain scenarios where, you know, some of the schools, they have kids of lesser means. And yeah. I, I just tell them, just tell me how many extra portions you want, you know, cause, uh, I don't like the fact, I don't like the thought of kids going hungry. And if I'm delivering food, why not deliver a couple extra portions? Like what's, so that those kids get fed too. So what I would say is as a result of the kids eating better food, yeah. what are the actual benefits that are coming out of this? Like well, if you were to go to the core mm-hmm. thing that really makes this better than mass-produced, yeah. cheapest chips, what would that be? Um, well, I don't, I'm not, because I'm not part of the school board or programs in that regard, I'm not really disclosed any actual stats or details. Mm. But just based on feedback from various organizers that I work with, when I talk about organizers, I'm talking about the people that organize the food programs yeah. in each individual school. Um, yeah, they've said that it you know, it's you know helpful, it's beneficial. They're you know the kids have more energy, more attentive, right, by having healthier food. So they're learning yeah. more. Yeah, better happy, better home lives. Yeah, and yeah, and I will say, um, I know that we haven't really gone into that, but uh, I have had a couple of friends ask if I would do catering or small events, small parties, what have you. And I've generally declined because <laughs> at this point I've put so much effort and energy into developing a kid-friendly menu that I'm right. sometimes a little bit disassociated from a more adult palate. So now like I always think in terms of, oh, that's going to appeal to a kid. Oh, that's going to appeal to a kid or, or that. And, and yeah, so I've sort of just leaned into it this year, and instead of being apologetic for the fact that I'm not there for everybody, that it's pretty much kid-specific. Right. Well, as going with that, let's uh, talk a little bit about what kids want to eat and what yeah. are your most popular dishes. And, yeah. And, like, we can even talk about what what you sure. offer the kids, like some of the... Yeah. I know I've made uh, chicken Caesar wraps with you yeah. before over the years. There's so. been times when I'm like, oh, my God, i got to do 250 of these in the next hour. John, can you come help me? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, yeah, so I've found um, one of the biggest surprise ones for me was, well, it all, let's actually, I'll step back even further. So it all started with sushi because I used to have a sushi truck. Right. And so at first I was offering just sushi. And uh, I, it was really funny because this was probably eight or nine years ago. And the divide was absolutely visible. Every kid from grade four up wasn't ordering it, and every kid from grade three down was. 
and it something somewhere really? happened. <laughs> something somewhere happened where um, that just became a thing that a certain at a certain year or so younger age, yes, older no. Yeah, that, and then I and then that grew the other way around. And no, it, but I it have, grew. Yeah. It, it, so as those kids kept going through the years, I kept getting more and more orders because those grade threes were now grade fours so on and so on. I want to say that was the exact same thing with the salad bar. Yeah. And if you're wondering about the salad bar program that's in the, in the, I was working with the Hugh Band Elementary. We did a podcast on it. I that's forget right. what episode it was. So just a little side note for you. If you're interested about the Hugh Band Elementary School's salad bar, check out episode 145 of the Edible Valley podcast, where we talk to Shannon Simpson and Caroline Fisher. How do you get kids to eat their vegetables? Uh, but that one was really, it was interesting that, yeah, it was those the young kids coming in and the younger parents were all over us and got the kids really involved in it. But the older kids not, in, not, not even interested in yeah. it. They were they were stuck in there. These are the foods I want and weren't yeah. interested to, to get into it. And it was funny how, so the numbers, like when I started, we had 40 kids a week, uh, every two weeks or a right. week for salad bar. But after, uh, when I came, yeah, like five years, six years later, the entire school was, was eating and it was like three, 250 yeah. kids. And that's how, that's how it's been for me too. Is yeah. So I, I started adding menu items after when I was like, oh, sushi's only going to get me so far. And I can do, that's when I started looking at the other menus that were around and like, I can do better than that. I can do better than that. And um, yeah. And so one of the, one of the ones that really surprised me that is one of my biggest sellers is uh burritos beef burritos i to to me like i don't know why i thought it, i'm surprised it's a big seller but it is like i sell more beef burritos than any other item for sure but um i sort of to test the waters i a base it off my kids palettes but i know that my kids had a different palette than most kids out there um and went with some time-honored restaurant menus where i'm like well as long as it has tomato sauce or cheese there's an element there that kids are gonna like right mm. and uh yeah and so that's where i got started on my menu and then moved quickly away from there because just even my son my son like doesn't like cheese and doesn't like tomato sauce so i'm like well there's got to be a lot of other kids out there like him but um over the years i would say my biggest sellers are the chicken caesar salad wraps the beef burritos uh chicken alfredo and penne bolognese those are the biggest ones. And yeah. what are the flops? <laughs> what, there's, what are been, the, there's been some yeah. flops. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last, Why do kids say no? <laughs> last year, I did a chicken broccoli curry dish on rice, which came out of requests. And even though I was able to deliver it, I thought a really good product. I thought I, I had it myself and I quite enjoyed it. The kids just didn't respond to it. Um, that's, so that's last year. There's always, almost every year, there's almost always one flop, which is, but that's part of, uh, constantly adding to your menu, right? Mm -hmm. And trying new things. Yeah. You have to, you fail yeah. forward. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, oh, one of the other ones that didn't do well, which I was surprised I offered shepherd's pie and that was only one year because just didn't fly. Just didn't take off. Mm -hmm. yeah. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, and in terms of a burrito, mm -hmm. I, I I am not exposed to kind of Mexican food mm. as much. By where I'm from, it's much more uh, Indian food. Right, where Mexican food is more popular. 
yeah. North America. I look at a burrito as a fairly unhealthy item, but I'm assuming you've you've done something there to make it. Yeah, I mean, not an it's item. super straightforward. I I make my own spice blends, um, and then it's ground beef, corn, a bit of rice, cheese. That's right. it. Right. So mm, it's just it. simple. Yeah, it's foods. simple, but it's all real food. You know, Great. like yeah, I'm using. I'm not and using you, any. And you do a little salsa. And yeah, sour salsa, cream. a little salsa and sour cream with it, mm-hmm. and for present for yeah. So I I really like what you're doing. I think it's got some real benefits um, to to kids and to the next generation and to getting those good good habits in which certain fast food chains have also discovered for many years and are doing (laughs) it for the opposite reasons. But I know John has some more food-based questions. Mm -hmm. So I might suggest that maybe you want to ask a few food-based questions. And I could then go into the more business questions. <laughs> or I could do it the other way around. It's just I do have, but I don't want to take us off the food course the too food, much. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah, now I'm on the spot about what do we want to talk about food? Because there's so many interesting things. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just saying with you doing the food and what has been some of the challenges of trying to get the food delivered? Yeah. Yeah, holy. Because that's a, well, that's a huge that's aspect thing. of it, like keeping everything fresh and yeah. warm and yeah. clean. And so, and that's the other thing, too, is that because I haven't had any permanent location, um, and I don't mean that I'm like from day to day moving from kitchen to kitchen. It just means that I'll do a block here and a mm. couple months there just based on what's available for rental kitchens. And yeah, um, yeah that in, in itself can be challenging because each one has its own limitations and mm. and what have you. But yeah, in the past, I used to do uh, big coolers, but that meant that I had to have a c- certain type of vehicle and then the coolers weren't coming back to me in good condition. Oh. And it started to become just as much to maintain and retrieve the coolers as what have you. And then I tried, um, I don't even know what you'd call them, the big totes, big sort of plastic totes. I found that they could hold a bit of the heat, but that's been the issue is trying to make sure everything arrives warm. Right. And, um, yeah, God, it's been an issue. It actually was, it probably plagued me for about three years before I could finally find. And then now, uh, just this last year, I've decided to try uh, some of those just, I mean, they're everywhere right now. Those, those, I don't even know what they're called, but every grocery store sells their own branded ones. They're just the bags. The, uh, yeah, bags. Yeah. 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 And so I bought tons of those. And in, so instead, enough so that I didn't have to go back to any one school and pick up those bags, I could just wait until their next delivery. Mm. And that solved everything. Everything's showing up super hot, you know, because everything's within 15 minutes. Was yeah. there ever a time when you just thought, oh, this isn't possible? I can't yeah. do it. Yeah. Many times. And then you just kept on. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- that's the thing is this has always been as soon as as soon as I sold the food truck, this became a secondary business to me. This wasn't my primary source of income. This wasn't my primary anything. But I kept doing it um, actually because uh, I kept doing it because one of the um, organizers, when I told her I was going to stop, this was probably about the third or fourth year. I was like, I think I'm kind of done with this. Um, you know, I've got a night job. I've got mm. I've got a, a toy company i had Mm. a lot of things going on and she was like no and literally the look in her eyes and she was like no i need i need you to keep doing this i thought okay well i'll i'll keep doing it but just for her just you know just i I can work it into my next year schedule and then of course then 
other she talks to other people in in her profession and of course when that next year came three or four of them wanted me to keep going and i was like it, it stopped becoming about the money and i'm not saying that i'm not money motivated but it stopped becoming about the money and i was like oh i'm actually helping these people yeah and i'm helping the kids yeah and there's a certain feeling of pride and accomplishment there as well as you know yeah I've, that must have been a real moment for you yeah absolutely yeah. so that's when i was like okay i'll find a way to keep this going so wow yeah. mm -hmm. Well, and you've changed how you've done things too, because I remember yeah. we, and this was going back to Prontissima, we oh, yeah. brought in the catering company into Prontissima. Right. Yeah. We were and, almost sort of folding it into it. Yeah. As in something you were bringing to the business as yeah. in a little bit of extra revenue for the business, which was great. Good. But yeah. it, it became one of those things that we had, how many <laughs> schools? 12 schools. Yeah. And we were delivering small box groups to each of them but they were always different yeah and so we'd get really confusing sometimes so we'd be doing these we used to do the box lunches that were like, yeah I did these little box lunches and they'd have a variety of fruits and veggies and then a, a, cheese and crackers yeah. mm. uh and then i remember doing like 150 of those yeah. and then doing 200 well, yeah, pastas and, 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 and the problem there too was that because everybody was unfamiliar, everybody being our staff of our business at the time was sort of unfamiliar. We they, we ended up overstaffing, but then they didn't still, that didn't make them more comfortable, any more comfortable with what we were doing. So it was a whole bunch of people not knowing what to do mm -hmm. and tripping over each other, trying to put this together. Whereas if it had just been me, I'd been able to just bang, bang, bang through it. Right. So in, in the, uh, yeah, it didn't work that way. It didn't scale at that time. What right. I was doing couldn't be made bigger because all it did was cause more problems. Yeah. But you've yeah. also gone to a thing where you're only offering one dish at a time instead of yeah. like 30 different items at yeah. once, which was yeah. one thing we fell into as you said, here's this menu. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that. I don't want to name the school, but they misunderstood what I said and they thought that the 15 items that I was offering were meant like they could order a la carte. So they're mm. like, Oh, we'll take six of those four of these, whatever. I'm like, I I I'm not a restaurant. Like yeah. Yeah. for me to, prepare all that it's going to take three days you know um but yeah okay so if you had to explain to an alien in in, sure. in barely any words just imagine oh. you get you got a hundred million dollars okay okay and for each word you you lose a million dollars but wow. you have to get an explanation of the following question what is the key to supplying food to kids um successfully yeah there's a balance between what <laughs> we're counting <laughs> between what kid appeals to kids, but also appeals to mothers and, right. and, and parents. I shouldn't just say mothers. Um, and yeah, if you can find that balance and still make it affordable, then well you're, said, you're good. Yeah. It's really important now, not to go too much off topic, but my yeah. first job after graduating yeah. was um, in, in market research. And I would, there would be a whole, it was called TNS World Panel, and they had about 100,000 people um, being surveyed. And they got paid to be surveyed. And it was just, right. there are an army of people out there in this world who fill out surveys about what they eat. And wow. I sold the data about the circumstances which people chose to consume certain products. Oh, yeah. And there were so many people, I could contact big food companies and I could say, I know that you are hitting a market that you don't know you're hitting. Oh, yeah. I know what your customers are doing with your product. 
and really? that's an opportunity for you. Yeah. Now, I'm not actually, I don't think it's a brand here, but there's a brand in the UK called Ski Yogurts. Okay. And their whole thing is like people skiing in the Swiss Alps, sort of super sexy, super fit and healthy, but tasty. And um, so they just assumed their customers were women. Mm. And so all their flavors were made around women. Um, and the the flavors were designed to appeal to women. But then when you looked at the data I sold, actually more than 50% of people consuming the products were men, which just made, they were right. like, what? <laughs> yeah. And actually, as you referred to just now, it, yeah. was, it was basically uh, women who at the time and maybe still do generally did the household shop right. and wanted their husbands to have something to take to work that was right. healthy. They right. didn't want to just give them a chocolate bar. Yeah. So what Ski Yoga did was start having that balance between the two and developing flavors which appealed to the men but wasn't yeah. alienating the women from buying. Yeah, exactly. Mm. And that and that's the that was the thing. I, I there were times when I was definitely making items that were appealing to the kids and kids would love to eat. Yeah. And the, I wasn't selling any because the parents wouldn't order it. And then on the flip side, same things. I did things that super appealing to the parents and, but their kids wouldn't need it. Nice. So then I was like, okay, well I got to find a balance here. Yeah. Yeah. So it has to be something that sounds great to a kid or looks great to a kid, but then the parent knows because you know. the customer is not the consumer. Right, exactly. Fascinating. Yeah. Um, I want to just quickly ask, I know we've pretty much come to the end of yeah. our, our time today, but is this scalable? This is, yeah. It wasn't before. But again, like I said, uh, now that I'm in my ninth year, um, I've made, I've paid closer attention to how to make it scalable mm. and make sure that I'm not you know, shooting my own foot as I move forward. So yeah, it, it definitely is. Okay. Yeah. So watch out for him. Eight catering. <laughs> Eight catering. <clears throat> and yeah. now, so people who are interested, yeah. you really only deal with packs, right? Is that how? Okay. So if you're wondering what PAC stands for and you haven't been around schools very much, PAC stands for Parent Advisory Committee. And they're basically parents and educators, administrators, who are basically working together to make things better for the kids in the school through fundraising, planning events, getting extra activities for them, and just making it all around better for the kids. Yeah, you get your orders. Yeah, from I mean, those. there's, there's, uh, so there was a bit of a spinoff a couple of years ago. One of the mums that was on one of the packs, she approached me and said, "Hey, can you do? There's a dance school, and this dance school has kids there through the dinner hour, and lots of kids there through the dinner hour." So I started doing delivering dinner to those kids. I think there was about twenty of them, uh, three nights a week, and then there was a couple of sports meets. Um, a track and field, whatever. And they just said, Hey, can you bring, you know, do you do, can you bring some sandwiches? Like not your hot lunches, but like whatever. And so then, then I started doing some sports meets, but yeah, I think that I've, you know, I sort of had to define what I was and I pretty much became comfortable with the idea that my wheelhouse for this business is kids food. So, so long as if it's a kid based event, kid, you know, group kid, whatever, I've got food that's going to appeal to that palate. The portions are designed for that, you know, that age group. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. That's what it is. I actually have more questions <laughs> yeah. really, really quickly. Yeah. Like, could you take this in another area like kids' parties? Yeah. And you'd see maybe the 
the health thing taking more of a backseat, but it still needs to be not full of E numbers. I mean, yeah. my brain is just going with so many ways to take this. I, yeah, I honestly think that for me to get the satisfaction that I get out of it, which means, you know, sometimes that's in lieu of dollars, uh, for me to stick with it as I have, I, I have to get that satisfaction. And that satisfaction comes from um, feeding kids good healthy food yeah and that's the only at the end of the day that's like i'm okay with whatever work i did knowing that i was feeding healthy food to kids and so i don't i can't see that changing or else i wouldn't want to be part of it anymore. yeah so yes you stick it yes yeah that's my that's that's where that sticks <laughs> <laughs> that's probably why you're going to be successful oh well yeah. thanks no worries so i guess now we go on to how do people get in contact with you yeah. And I guess basically we want to talk about website, but sure. I mean, most people are going to see you at the school on the school yeah. uh, websites and stuff yeah. like that. Where I, you know, it's funny. It, so that's the thing is that the last few years I've buried my contact info, which is funny because on our podcast here, uh, we generally try to get people to promote themselves and I've done everything I can to hide myself because I have another business and another job. Um, I didn't want extra contracts. I didn't want extra business. I wanted minimal. And it was just this year when talking to somebody that's in business and they said, wait, what? You purposely turn down business every year? I'm like, yeah, I try I try really hard to keep myself small. They're like, what would happen if you went the other way and tried to grow? Like, oh, I don't know. Let's see. So, um, yeah, so I finally have a website. Uh, and which I didn't have before, which is just eight catering co.com. And, um, nice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, out there you can find not just everything that I'm offering this year, but I've actually got not the recipes because obviously, you know, not the recipes, but every ingredient that's in everything, um, so that you can be sure. And that's also in, you know, in terms of allergens, things are easily identifiable there. Mm. Um, yeah. So, Eight Contact details. Yeah. Eight catering co. Yeah, eightcateringco.com.ca.com.com. Oh, yeah. you got the big one. Yeah, yeah. the nice. big guns. Yeah. <laughs> well, I would just like to say you've been a great guest, Aaron. Why? Thank we're, you. We're hoping to maybe have you back someday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you've been well behaved. Well behaved. <laughs> I'll take him. Thank you for letting us use your house. No yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, well, thanks for um, indulging me in doing an episode of self promotion. Awesome. Happy to. I found that really interesting. Yeah. I nice. think so, even if we do say ourselves. Oh, yeah. Good yeah. pat on the back. <laughs> yeah. Well done, guys. Well done. Good job. <laughs> Great podcast. And I know I know, we've got a bunch of other podcasts coming up, too. So yeah. I know uh, Will's been talking to some people. I've still got uh, Jerry in the back of my pocket that we're just trying to find some, some time. Farms. Yeah. yeah. I really want mm. to talk about organic growing yeah um yeah there's lots of and we got a couple chefs and some other entrepreneurs out there that we're going to be talking to over the next yeah few months here so i'm super excited about where we're going with the edible valley so yeah it's uh the 9th of september today it's creeping up on autumn and we're gonna look at getting some preserves people in oh yeah, yeah this, this is the time weeks. right yeah this absolutely absolutely Perfect. all right so uh cheers this has been the edible valley podcast episode is it 195 194. Oh, it's always one night. You're always Are you sure. It literally never goes up. All right. We'll talk about that later. My name is William. I'm the producer. I'm Chef Jonathan Fraser. And our wonderful guest. I'm Darren Howlett. Guest. <laughs> I guess. Cheers. <laughs> 
And that wraps up another episode of the Edible Valley podcast. Thanks for tuning in. And a special thanks goes to the local businesses that help support our podcast. They make it possible for us to showcase your local food community. We'd love you to follow us on your preferred social media at Edible Valley, where you can check out our blog, find recipes and tips, behind the scenes, and of course, keep a lookout for where we are going to turn up next in your Edible Valley. been an Edible Valley production. Yeah, beep, 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 beep. Okay, ready again?